Father in heaven, we thank you for this time we have when we can look into your word and we can fix our eyes on you. Father, when we focus on you, our hearts are comforted. When we focus on you, we feel your love, we sense your love. Today we see your glory. We thank you for what you have done for us. Thank you for these moments we have now to look into your word. And I just pray that you would speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning again, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to our visitors. Thank you for joining us today. We're looking today at Revelation chapter 12. We're going to focus on the woman, the child, and the dragon. And we're going to just take a few excerpts from this chapter. So as an introduction to this chapter, let me try to set the stage. And by the way, I'll be out of town next Sunday traveling on business. Uh, John, you can fix whatever I mess up today in Revelation 12. So let's set the stage. Before he establishes his kingdom on earth, Jesus will come for his church. We call this event the rapture. At that time, the dead in Christ will be raised and living Christians will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air to be with him forever. And we do not know when this will take place. In this resurrection, those who have died in Christ will have their redeemed souls and spirits united with the body, similar to Christ's glorified body. Now, Christians living at the time of the rapture will not experience death, but will also be changed to be like Christ. After the rapture of the church, Christians will be brought before the judgment seat of Christ. There will be there. We will be rewarded on the basis of the works we have accomplished on Christ's behalf. This is not a judgment to determine our salvation. This is a judgment that will determine our rewards. The rapture will also bring about a period of time that the Bible characterizes as the tribulation, the great day of wrath, the time of Jacob's trouble. As we have seen in previous messages, this is going to be a time of great difficulty that will affect Israel and all nations. The purpose of the tribulation will be to prepare Israel for her Messiah. So after the seventh trumpet in chapter 11, we are now halfway through the tribulation and chapters 12, 13 and 14 of Revelation are a parenthesis. There's a break in the action and we've we've paused and now we're going to look at some signs, some wonders that are in the heavens that are going to depict Israel's history and talk a little bit about the future. Revelation chapter 12. I'm using the NLT version for for easy reading. Here we go. Then I witnessed in heaven an event of great significance. I saw a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon beneath her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and she cried out because of her labor pains and the agony of giving birth. Then I witnessed in heaven another significant event. I saw a large red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, with seven crowns on his heads. 
His tail swept away one third of the stars in the sky and he threw them to earth. He stood in front of the woman as she was about to give birth, ready to devour her baby as soon as it was born. She gave birth to a son who was to rule over all nations with an iron rod. And her child was snatched away from the dragon and was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where God had prepared a place to care for her 1,260 days. That would be three and a half years. Then there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last. Salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters have been thrown down to earth. The one who accuses them before our God day and night. And they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And they did not lives, love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who live in the heavens rejoice. But terror will come on the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you in great danger, in great anger, knowing that he has little time. When the dragon realized that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But she was given two wings like those of a great eagle, so she could fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness. There she would be cared for and protected from the dragon for a time, times, and half a time. Again, we could read this as three and a half years. Then the dragon tried to drown the woman with a flood of water that flowed from his mouth. But the earth helped her by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that gushed out from the mouth of the dragon. And the dragon was angry at the woman and declared war against the rest of her children, all who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony for Jesus. Here we are given a perspective of the spiritual warfare that is going on. If the first half of the tribulation was bad, the second half is going to be even worse. So let's look at these three interesting characters in our reading. The woman, child, and the dragon. This woman represents Israel. The woman delivers a child, and the child represents Jesus Christ, the Messiah. The dragon, of course, represents Satan, who intends to kill the child. Let's talk first about the woman. Actually, there are four women that are mentioned in the book of Revelation. In chapter 2, there's the woman Jezebel. Of course, these are symbols. But uh, in chapter 2, we have the woman Jezebel. In this chapter, we have the woman who's clothed with the sun. In chapter 17, there is a great harlot. And in chapter 19, we see the lamb's wife. What do these four women represent? The first woman, represent, uh, Jezebel, represents pagan religion. 
Recall from the Old Testament that Jezebel was the wife of King Ahab. She came from another country, and she's probably the worst thing that happened to the nation of Israel. She was horrible. She was a wicked woman. She promoted idolatry. She brought in the Baal worship, and she also promoted sexual sin to the nation of Israel. She killed many of the prophets of God, and she swore that she would kill Elijah, and he was on the run because of this woman. She represents the pagan religion of idolatry and immorality. Now, the woman we're reading about in chapter 12 represents Israel, and we see her in a position of rule and power. She's clothed with the sun, and the moon is beneath her feet. And remember, during the creation, back in Genesis, that the sun was going to rule the day, and the, and the moon was going to rule the night. Now, we can spend a lot more time and develop this picture of the woman but uh let's let's move along in chapter 17 there is a there is the great harlot she represents the apostate religion this would be the religions of the world which are not based on the word of god now this might surprise a lot of people but uh there's going to be religion on the earth after the rapture there's going to be religion but it'll be false teaching people will follow false teaching it will be based on uh, human philosophy and not the truth of the word of God, of course. Finally, in chapter 19, we see the lamb's wife. She is the glorified church. This is the true church who is beautiful because of the saving work of Jesus Christ. In Ephesians chapter five, we read these verses. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Now look at the description. To make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. So if we go back to uh, verse 2 of, of chapter 12, we see that this woman representing Israel's in labor. She's in pain. Um, this depiction of pain is really true for the nation of Israel throughout their history. They were always suffering, it seems, from one situation to the other. And at the time of the birth of Christ, they were suffering under the Roman government. And then in verse 3, we see that the dragon is standing in front of the woman as she's about to get birth, ready to devour the baby as soon as it was born. Why? It's because this child that's going to be born is a very important child. This is the Messiah coming into the world. So let's talk about the child. Satan was told after the fall that it was from the offspring of the woman that Messiah would come into the world and would crush and destroy him. So Satan is out to destroy the Messiah because the Messiah is going to be the end of it. God is going to bring a savior into the world. And from that point on, from the Garden of Eden, Satan feared the coming Messiah. In Genesis 3:15, these are the words. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. So Satan's head will be crushed by the coming Messiah. So that's why Satan makes an effort to kill the child. It's going to be the offspring of the woman who's going to defeat Satan and his terrible plans. So that's the picture. Now, there's a lot of instances in, in Scripture where 
Satan tries to get rid of this offspring. There's an interesting one in Second Kings chapter 11. Now, there's a lot, for the sake of time, just focusing on a couple of instances. In Second Kings chapter 11, there was an attempt made to kill all of King David's offspring. Did you know that? There, this, this terrible woman was going to kill all of King David's offspring. And the murderers killed all but one. His name was Joash. And his aunt hid him and protected him until he was uh, later proclaimed king. And so he, he was the surviving descendant of King David. Satan was behind that. Satan was, that was his plan. That was behind, he was behind the whole thing. Of course, after his birth, Jesus was also in danger. You remember, that would be from a human perspective. He was in danger. He, of course, he was born in Bethlehem, as prophesied. And there were some wise men that came to, to see this king that had been born. They saw his star. They came to see him. And they went to the king Herod and said, uh, we want to see this, uh, new, this new king that's been born. And Herod, of course, is very interested. The Herod is, is an extremely evil uh, person. And so he pretended to be interested and he said, hey, uh, when you find out where this where this king is, uh, he, he called his. Uh, well, and so he said, come back and tell me when you find him. And of course, he wasn't going to go worship him. He was going to he's going to make sure that this new king was killed. But the wise men were warned in a dream not to go back to King Herod and they went home another way. And this made the king mad when he found out. So he went. And he had all the male children under the age of two to be killed. He murdered all those kids. Satan was behind that. Satan is a murderer. In verse 5 it says, She gave birth to a son who was to rule all nations with an iron rod, and her child was snatched away from the dragon and was caught up to God and his throne. Ruling the nations with the rod of iron is also referenced in Psalm chapter 2. And what, uh, what this means is someday Jesus will sit on David's throne and he will have absolute authority. He will rule over the earth. Satan tried to interfere with Jesus even as when Jesus was doing in his ministry. Satan was trying to... Either get Jesus killed. There were several situations where uh, one time when some people were trying to push him off a cliff and he got out of that and he, he walked through a crowd. They were going to stone him. There were several situations like that. Uh, of course, during the temptation, Satan came up to, uh, to, to Satan brought uh, temp, uh, him to this high point and said, look, I will give you the kingdoms of the world. And yes, it was for that's Satan's kingdom. He could have given it. To, and he said, all you got to do is bow down and worship me. He was saying, here's a shortcut. Don't worry about anything. You can have it all right here, right now. Satan doesn't want the offspring of the woman to do the work of God. But Jesus was determined to finish the work that his father had sent him to do. So you see, the story is depicting how Satan is attempting to kill the child. He's unable to interfere with Jesus accomplishing his his work. Jesus does accomplish the work that God sent him to do. And then it says that he's taken up into heaven. So we skip the life story of Christ and we go straight here to 
to Christ being in heaven. So as we mentioned earlier, the rapture has already taken place. Uh, the saved are in the saved are out, taken out of the world. And in verse six, Satan goes after the woman is uh, Israel, but she is able to escape. She fled into the wilderness where God had prepared a place to hear, to care for her for one thousand two hundred and sixty days. OK, so notice and this is an excellent point, I think, made by one commentary. Notice that the time now, they could, he could have just said three, uh, three and a half years, right? Three and a half years. But he, but he specifically said 1,260 days. And I, I, I think the commentary that I read made an excellent point that God counts every day when his people are in trouble. God counts every day when his people are in trouble. Do we think about that when we're going through a difficult time? I, I personally, I, I sometimes I forget that God is the God of the individual and he knows every detail of our lives. And sometimes we doubt that he really cares because he's way out there and I'm this little old me. And does he really care? Does he really know? Like we talked about earlier today, God is love. Do we personally sense that? As we go through our day and go through difficulties. God knows exactly what we're going through and how long we have endured. Whether it's a trial, a difficult situation. My favorite psalm is, uh, and of course this changes every week. This week, my favorite psalm is 139. It points out how God knows the details of our lives. For instance, in part of that psalm, it says, God, you know everything. But it makes it the writer makes it personal and says, God, you know me. You know everything in the world. You know my thoughts before I think them. God, you know me. God is everywhere. He's omnipresent. But God is with me. I think that's a message that Christians need to think about today. That God knows me. God is with me. God loves me. God is the God over all things. God is the God of the individual. We move on uh, quickly here. Verse seven, there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels and the dragon lost the battle. And he and the angels were forced out of heaven. And then it says the great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world was thrown down to earth with all the angels. Satan is thrown down in defeat. He is angry. Many people believe that the reference to one third of the stars being swept by the dragon's tail represents those angels that were deceived and followed Satan. So Satan and his angels were thrown down to earth. And in verse 13, it says he pursued the woman who had given birth to the child. But the woman's able to escape and is protected, which makes Satan angry. And he declares war on the woman and her children and anyone who has a testimony for our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's look at this dragon. In verse 4, the dragon is a destroyer. He's always been a destroyer. His intention is to devour the baby. 
Let's look at Jesus Christ. He is the creator. He gives life. He doesn't take life. He gives life. He blesses. In John 10.10, Jesus said that thief's purpose is to kill and to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them life. Give them a rich and satisfying life. In verse 9, Satan is depicted, he's referred to as the deceiver. It says he is deceiving the whole world. Remember the certain deceived, the serpent deceived Eve in the garden. And, and he distorted the words of God. And Eve was convinced. Satan is the deceiver. Jesus Christ is the revealer. He reveals the heart of God to us. He is the light. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Finally, in verse 10, Satan is the accuser. It says, he accuses them before God day and night. We see an example of this in the story of Job. But we know that Jesus Christ is our advocate. Here's some verses that give us some insight into that. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. And 1 John 2, 1 and 2 says, My little children, these things are right to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins... We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but for also for the whole world. I'm reminded of the hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. He is our friend. He is our advocate. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what Peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. We can take everything that's burdening us. We can take it to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Today, Christians are suffering. Christians have heavy hearts. Let's look at these verses. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou wilt find a solace there. Blessed Savior, Thou hast promised, Thou wilt all our burdens bear. May we ever, Lord, be bringing all to Thee in earnest prayer. Soon in glory, bright unclouded, there will no need, there will be no need for prayer. Rapture, praise, and endless worship will be our sweet portion there. The takeaway for us today is to know that During the time of the tribulation, Israel is going to be under attack, and that is because Israel is special to God. God's people are always under attack, but we know Satan will not prevail. 
In verse 12, it says, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who live in the heavens rejoice. But terror will come down on the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you in great anger, knowing that he has little time. I would just say, friend, I hope, I hope that you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. It would be a horrible thing to have to endure what's going to happen on this earth after the rapture. Receive Jesus Christ today. Place your future in the hands of the one who loved you and gave himself up for you. And as a child of God, you'll never need to fear having to endure what we've been studying in the Great Tribulation or have to fear what Satan can do to you. It would be a pleasure to show you from God's word how you can know that you have a friend and advocate in in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for your word, which clearly shows to us the blessings we have because of the work of your son, our Savior, our advocate, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who leads us in the truth and comforts us. I pray for those who are struggling today and just ask that they would experience the reality of your presence and the peace and the comfort that comes from knowing you. Lord Jesus, we look forward to your appearing and together we pray, come Lord Jesus. Amen.